This is exactly right. Hello. We want to take a second to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, Disgraceland. If you like music, pop culture, and true crime, this is the podcast for you. Through host Jake Brennan's deeply researched storytelling, you'll hear all about the lives and crimes of musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, Jay-Z, The Rolling Stones, and so many more. And now Disgraceland is expanding to include artists, actors, athletes, and other icons from Anthony Bourdain to Andy Warhol. Full episodes are released every Tuesday. Check out Disgraceland on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Goodbye. It just feels like it's been a long time. It does. Oh, it has. It has been? Yeah. Are we recording? Yes. Good. Good, because we need to get this figured out. It has been. I guess we, I guess, almost two weeks. Is that right? Since, like, apartment recording. Yeah, because we did our Bell House show last week. Yeah. That was a fun, that was different. That was nuts. <laughs> that was nuts. That was a break <laughs> from reality. <laughs> It was super fun. We love you, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee's book's coming out. That's right. Um, Thanks for being Ridiculous on. is coming out. I, think I, I called it Wetalicious. Wetalicious, you did. <laughs> With the absolute confidence. That's all that matters is when oh, you say stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It, they should change the title right now. That's ex- Well, they might have to. Right. Uh, no. And she, she was talking about, and then I thought it would be funny when she was trying to plug it at the end no, to interrupt her and be amazing. like, we're done. And, um, did she get her feelings hurt? Did I, she, no, 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 no. Did you hear I said, I didn't blame it on you. Did she get her feelings hurt? <laughs> Not, did you hurt her feelings? Thank you. Um, no, I apologize to her after where I was like, that really seemed like it was going to be funny to me. It was. And, and then it didn't, but it like, you know, that thing where it's funny in the moment yeah. and then like 48 hours pass and you're like, this feels oh. bad. And she was like, oh my God, no, it was super funny. But she, the whole reason she was trying to say that is because if people order the pre-order, yeah, it it can get onto the possibly get onto the I New didn't York Times bestseller. Know that man, fuck writing a book. I know there's a lot involved, but she's and she's kind of an expert on stuff like that. So she's yeah. worked really hard. I mean, she's been working on this book for a really long time since I've known her. Longer than since she got engaged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since high school. <laughs> Is weird? Um, no, that was a really fun show. The last pos- podcast on the left dudes were oh awesome. My. And we didn't... I don't think we... Did we talk about it on the show that we went and recorded their show that day? No, there's like a bonus episode at La- fuck at last podcast on the left's like page iTunes page or whatever that is us just like a fucking half hour conversation with them yeah someone got mad at us because we said we weren't interested in UFOs oh but I have a very good reason for not being interested in UFOs they, they scared exist. the fucking oh. shit out of me I just don't feel it's like with ghosts it's like why are we talking about this yes they probably exist but we're, there's no proof um you're true although it's don't make me retell you my ghost story because <laughs> there is proof. I have it. Um, a ghost hugged me. UFOs scare you? Yeah, the idea of UFOs being real is like having a psychotic break where like suddenly what you know mm. no is no longer the truth and there's a whole new truth. And the idea of that is very upsetting to me. And like, it's that thing where when it happens in a UFO movie mm-hmm. where suddenly there's the thing hanging over the city or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like in District 9. Yes. Where it's just so like, good. I just don't want to go there. Like, yeah. it, it, life is hard enough. Well, you know what I think I've always loved is the fact that our brains 
can't literally can't compute certain things Mm -hmm. so if it's outside of our reality so much of like a fucking alien in the sky or a fucking ghost standing before us or some insane thing happening our brain will just be like nope and just fucking shut it off and we won't even see this thing happening you think that's true I think that's true, yeah. Do I have to remind you, for a third time, I was hugged by a ghost. <laughs> that's a feeling, though. You're in full denial about my ghost experience, I've which was real. two ghosts. Like, as a kid, I saw things happen. But I still am like, well, my brain is weird that it did that. Oh, I see. So you're basically like, you um, shut it down emotionally. Like, we're not going to go into the freak out of that. Is yeah, that what you probably, mean? probably. Yeah. Like the same thing with thinking about this podcast and <laughs> people are listening. <laughs> Shit's happening. I'm just like, no, no, I can't. We're just here on Every these couches. Someone's like, everything's going great. And I'm like, I don't know. I just go, it's super weird. And then I change the subject immediately. We, I, the, the thing that is now becoming like the funny thing that listeners are writing is we didn't know this was going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're out there with us completely. They understand. They didn't either. Clearly. They were like, I, yeah, I was here when it was just 5,000 of us. We didn't think this was going to be a thing we at all. We thought we were weirdos, too, including you. Um, hi, this is hey. My Favorite Murder. It's a podcast starring uh, Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff. Our sound technician is a man named Stephen Stephen Ray Morris. And his mustache. <laughs> and and his, this is day 403 of Stephen's mustache. We've been counting. He's doing it. He's going to grow it all the way around his mouth. <laughs> I think that's my personal. I thought you were going to say his head. That would be funny if it just tied in the back. Oh my God, why is that not a thing? Just a mustache fucking. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. You have to do it now, Stephen. You Steven? have to. Only for you, Karen. Um, Stephen. Speaking of only for us, Stephen brought us. Okay, Stephen is like. Does everything for us. Does everything. He's so fucking sweet and wonderful. And also thinks about things like much yeah. more than we do. Because we don't know, because we didn't know this was going to be a thing. Right. So, but he did. He did. And he, he like was prepared for it. He prints things out for us. Totally. He plans. But also he brings us presents. He and brought us this Christmas week, holiday presents. Holiday we have presents. a non-denominational holiday presents at our each seat in, on the couch. I know. So we decided we're going to open them on the air with you guys. I know what this is going to be. Oh my God, Steven. It sounds amazing. Oh my God. Is this fuck? I fucking knew it. He got us serial killer uh, baseball cards. Holy shit, Steven. True crime. G-men, mass murderers, serial killers, and gangsters. And they're like, they're like baseball card packets. Ooh, you guys. Steven, I'm going to fucking have a seizure right now. This is really good. Are these like old? Yeah, like these are like hard to find. Yeah, they're from like the 90s, I think. Oh. Steven, I'm I'm like, I see people post these on the fucking Facebook page. I'm like, I've had these since the 90s. And everyone's like, fuck you. And you got like five packs of them for both of them. This is really good. Is there there gum in there? Uh, I wouldn't eat it if there was. <laughs> I'm going to, and then I'll sue you if anything happens. And this now looks, there's a secondary there's another gift. another bigger one. Because he's a classy man that gives you a small gift with this bigger gift yeah. underneath it. Oh my God, oh my God. What is it? It's ooh, his ooh, memoir ooh. of what assholes we are. What'd you get? Let's see. It's the book. It's a vintage book. Oh my God. This is the book of Vicki Morgan and Alfred Bloomingdale and the affair that shook the highest levels of government and society. Oh this my is God. the British one, right? Uh, it was... It was the woman uh, in Washington, D.C. Oh, where D.C. She was the, the dominatrix and there was sex scandals. The cover of that book is fucking, Old I book, want that on yeah. a shirt. Wait, this when is was a this cult written in like kill. the 80s? This one is by Larry, uh, 
Kahaner. It's called Cults That Kill, <laughs> Probing the Crime, the Underworld of a Cult Crime. Yes. Steven, these are like good you books. know us. My, I thought for a second, I thought this book was about... Um, uh, somebody that was in the bangles oh. because totally that's is. totally the this color was written palette. in 1988 I'm so fucking like at the this height of the satanic panic this is so good Steven I call it the satanic oh, panic <laughs> <laughs> Steven we got you a bottle of single malt we scotch we got you this old wrapping paper oh, oh my god Steven I'm sweating because I'm so happy that's really good uh, I can't wait to I, I don't think I should open you these. give and you give I'm Thank just glad you. you like them. Steven. Uh, you should open one open one of the packs. Good idea. Okay. I'm doing it. Let's do nice. it. Good idea. <laughs> oh my god. Also, oh my god. when uh, we talked about the plan was that we were gonna open these on the air, and then Steven, would you say it? it would be good for Oh ASMR. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. Ooh. What'd you get? What'd you get? Read a couple. I got the Hall Mills case, which on September sixteenth, nineteen twenty two, a couple walking down a country lane near New Brunswick, New Jersey, <gasps> found two bodies lying under a crowd. Apple tree. It was Reverend Edward Hall, 41, and Mrs. Eleanor Mills, 32, a member of his church choir. He had been, both had been shot. Her throat had been cut. Oh, wait, uh, I've heard this story. This is, we're only picking our murders from these decks from Oh my now God, that's on. Really <laughs> shuffle them up. And <laughs> shuffle. Like, like, this week it's. It's weird they're only from the 90s and before. Yeah. Our work has been done. Okay, mine, I have one, uh, Clifford Olson, who looks like a real fucking piece of work. Look at him. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's uh, a good dramatic painting. Let's see here. So, November 1980, a 12 year old British Columbia girl disappeared. Her mutilated body was found a month later. In 81, a 13 year old girl vanished, followed by a 16 year old boy a week later. The boy was found dead, his skull crushed. In May, a 16 year old girl disappeared. And then in June, a 13 year old girl. And then in July, oh, Jesus, I'm doing him for my next number murder. <laughs> no spoilers. No, yeah. All are you spoilers. Skip, are you reading till the end? Fuck, that's good. These, Stephen, I'm. These gonna, are amazing cases. These are like treasures that I will treasure forever <laughs> and ever. And so we're that, gonna start trading them. I've never, I've never heard of half of these people. Jack the Stripper. I'm yeah. not kidding. Yeah. Jack What'd the he do? Stripper. Uh, in '59, a I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase this. Go ahead. A sex worker. Nice. Was strangled and clad only in her slip. Was found near their Thames. Thames? 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 <laughs> oh, shit. It's one of those ones. The only reason it's I know not. It. It's one of those famous ones <laughs> that I should, I've been to. And I should fucking know. Thames? She was found. This shit happened. <laughs> Look, Sonny Bean. Remember, I oh did that God! one. <laughs> this so is cool. the, I am honestly like glowing right now. This is best Christmas ever, This Steven. is the best oh, Hanukkah so ever, Steven. Richard Cottingham. Oh, Wait a wish. second. I'm Jewish? Hold on. What? <laughs> What? Richard Cottingham is the one I just did you, on the last episode. You just did him and you... And then he walks through the door. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You got out of jail already? Oh my That's God, you did. I'm going to open all of these. So this cool. painting makes him look way better than he actually looks in real life. What if we have a whole... Okay, what if the next... The mini-sode is just us opening these and reading them to each other? That's a great idea. It's Let's gonna, absolutely do that for real. Because these are serious. amazing cases. Dude, it's happening. So and cool. also, look at how hot this guy is. <laughs> Who's that? That's his story. I don't know. He's kind of like R Mick Jaggery, but younger. <laughs> Tune in to the next Minnesota. Yeah, to the Minnesota. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, Holy shit, that's okay. exciting. Oh my yeah, god, so You're a fucking angel. Mm. What, Stephen? What? Oh, I was going to say they were very controversial at the time because they were like people were obsessed with them. And I remember. Oh, remember they had those um the playing cards of cold cases that they would give to inmates. 
Oh yeah, in the in prison, so that they would like be playing with these cards, and they'd be like, "Fuck, man!" And they'd like read about the victim and be like, "This fucking dude I was in prison with has admitted to this," and like there, I think there are not a lot, but a couple cases that got solved because of that. That's a brilliant idea, isn't it? Yeah, I do remember though when these came out, it was like, "How dare you?" Was the kind of overall? <laughs> it was like so sick. With like the like new, similar to our podcast. Was, <laughs> <laughs> we are the "How Dare You" podcast of today but for different reasons we're the we're the our and our podcast comes with a stick of shitty gum um that's right <laughs> our podcast uh listening to it is the same thing as eating old powdery pink bl- flaky yeah. hard to chew a baseball card gum remember when you would just like eat it out of not spite but just like I bought this. Yeah. It's card, the thing I picked. Pack. Yeah. Vince buys the wrestling ones a lot, like the old school wrestling ones too. And yeah, I think he burns the gum. Uh, <laughs> burns it? I don't know. <laughs> Smokes it? What if he just was like addicted to oh my God. vintage gum? <gasps> he was, the, the fumes of vintage gum? That That'd sounds like bad. the new, like what like p- what parents get told, like their, the junior high kids are into now. Uh, if you see old gum in your kid's room <laughs> on the next they're, 2020. They're smoking it. Yeah. Uh, I would just like to say really quick that at that show, we had so many great people. Ugh. It was crazy. And we got to say hi to so many awesome listeners, which was really fun. It is. And, um, and you got to talk to the doormen. Oh, at, yes. at the end, which they loved your story. Well, I don't know if he loved it as much as it was like, let me give you some more information. Just um, on behalf of all doormen. Yeah. So my story last week was about uh, in New York, the doorman at this bar killed this girl. Spoiler alert if you haven't listened. And so the do- on the way out, the doorman who we met before at the show, and he was really nice and cool, um, was like, hey, and like called me over. And I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, he's going to be like, that was my brother or like something. But instead, he was like, I remember when that happened. And I didn't know the guy, but you know, I was I, I was a doorman at the time, and it really fucked with a lot of us because it changed a lot of rules and you know, blah blah blah. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I doorman. I not. And he was like, we don't we don't call ourselves bouncers. We call ourselves doormen. And I was just like, I fucking trust you guys. And like that's what I was very like sorry but he oh, was very I, cool that's funny because when i walked up it seemed like you guys were besties oh no because he was so kind and sweet Everyone oh good at the okay. bell house we have to give yes they they stay late to like let us um talk to all the people who stuck around and yes. they were really cool at like moving the line along they didn't have to do that they were no they were great whole staff was amazing the whole staff was great thank you andrew for booking us this yeah. was our little our own booking long ago where we thought um, this would be fun and it really <laughs> were was, right oh yeah um, I would just like to say uh, my fr- thanks to my friend Carrie who came to see me and he literally yelled hey over uh, like five people and then walked away because <laughs> he didn't want to have to wait in line um, oh I met him he was nice yes and same with my friend Colin who apparently just sent me a message saying yeah I wasn't going to wait around <gasps> and then my friend David Knowles who you did meet mm-hmm. who I've known since we were 12 years old. We met in sixth grade. I went to the freshman winter formal with him. He waited in line and he was the second to last person in line. And when the like third to last person walked away, I go, the fuck are you doing at the wait? I'm going to see you after. It was like he waited in line so to sweet. see you. He probably thought everyone knew you. Yes, like, exactly. He was like, these yeah, are we're all parents' just, friends. We're trying to say hi in an organized It fashion. was so nice. We, got, we again got a lot of fucking amazing presents. I got some of, I just keep getting the best 
cat toys. Yeah. Ever. Like that's yeah. the whole, that's my scheme for this podcast is to get free cat toys. We got a lot uh, cat toys and um, what was in that other bag in Make, the bigger bag? Makeup. Yes. Oh, that makeup. Um, um, I also want to, so we need to, uh, if you go to our Instagram, it's uh, my favorite murder. I post a lot of like the photos and stuff of what people gave us and shout yeah. outs and shit. One thing we got that I just need to fucking, I got in the mail and started opening it and I was like, can't open this. I'm going to cry without Karen. <laughs> so this person, this, this girl named uh, Molly has this website called the urban Smith dot com and she makes this like incredible jewelry and metalworking and like uh, these gorgeous things and she made us these necklaces that are so beautiful and delicate that they stay sexy on them yeah they're, they're like so our, beautiful our twinsies necklaces and then she made me these two little charms that look like if um, Elvis or Mimi ever let me in my fucking life put a, a um, collar on them without murdering me that would you put these on it and it's just these little beautiful um, monogram things that say Elvis and Mimi that I'm going to wear as a neck. Like, they're so beautiful. Yeah, they're really nice. So the Urban Smith. <clears throat> I just wanted to give a shout out to whoever gave us the ColourPop lippy stick. Yeah. ColourPop brand. We got eyeshadow and we got lipstick. But this lippy sticks, ColourPop lippy sticks in the color Poison, I think they wrote and said, I hope this is a color that you can use because I've talked so much about She knows you. Lipstick. It's, it's so perfect because it's a really good color, but it also stays on. It's like a stain. God bless America. You know, and we're not, and we don't. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, and so we always will. <clears throat> um, on the My Favorite Murder Facebook page, there were two meetups that I got to look at this morning. Uh, one from Portland, Oregon, one from Austin. Yay. And they were so cute. And the thing that kills me is how much crafting people put yeah. in they do i mean is it, that the one that did the serial killer drawings um that was i'm gonna have to look which one did the drawing well, that's I think not I have it on a piece I of paper that's all right um i wrote it on this piece of paper right here <laughs> portland ASMR. did the drawings oh portland they, they did, did like, like coloring book coloring pages books of serial killers of serial killers i love it and on the austin meetup um they had all kinds of crafts but my favorite was they had name tags that said my my favorite murder is and then they wrote who their favorite murderer Fuck. is on the bottom so one, la one lady is like smiling but it just says Albert Fish <laughs> like, I love the idea that he's your favorite and that's such a great idea because then you can come up to someone and be like oh my god I know a lot about that one too and then yeah. you guys can talk about it like and then it's not awkward like at parties that's the whole point dude Everyone's doing it. Dude. Guys. Um, oh, I saw a thing on our Twitter mentioning this <clears throat> in, in, in next year. Uh -huh. Don't look at my fucking murder. I, I held up my papers and then you girl, saw Girl, my... I need you to know that I am so blind. <laughs> yeah, you true. could have been holding up one large capital A and I would have been like, <laughs> is it a building? <laughs> I was looking because it all those black lines that look like it's redacted. I know, no, it's not. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out my. I bought a new computer and I couldn't figure out how to format shit on my fucking. <laughs> so that's like old highlighting or something. Yeah. So it's like it's like the out the outer color is black and the you know okay. gotcha, gotcha. So in 2017, Amazon is going to be posting with updates the old unsolved mysteries. Oh, that's right, dude. Oh my god. And the last time I saw one of those was a while ago when I was high. It was a while ago because I didn't get high anymore, but mm -hmm. there was a, <laughs> the reenactments are so gorgeous. I remember very distinctly, and this is like in 2002 when I saw this, one of the re one of the episodes was about like ghosts and the way they showed that there was a ghost haunting this house is that in the kitchen, 
this fucking loaf of bread started levitating. Oh, yeah. And you could see the strings <laughs> holding up a loaf of bread and it was doing this like, yes. it was so stupid. Yes. So I, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be so good. Like, well, what have we been doing without it in our lives? I mean, because what's, it, are they going to update it? I think they're at the end when I love this, going to say like, Update from 2016. Well, because that's like the yes. magic of the whole. It's almost like the blooper reel at the end of a of a, a good movie. Yeah. Yes. The updates at the end of Unsolved Mysteries are the most satisfying thing in the world. It's the same thing with the, the show Intervention where they're like, it's like this beautiful ending of like, and I just feel so centered now. And then it's like, she fucking relapsed. She totally <laughs> disappeared much. into the bottom she of a ditch. disappeared. And she's now living at home again. You're like, oh man. But she's sober. But, but she's on the couch. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Which is for, no, please get sober. and Please, please get, get sober. sober. <laughs> I don't know. It's none of our business. <laughs> As I take a big old gulp of wine. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, get, I think that's all of our business. Oh, um, live show shit. There's some drama going on. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to say <laughs> that we to, have no control over we have tickets, none, control. or shows, or, or scalping. Places. Yeah, I mean, we're really on. excited. They know that we're gonna. There's gonna be more. Sh- if we're not going to your city, it's because we're saving it. We're saving the best for last. That's right. That's not true. <laughs> it's because it, we don't choose where to go. That's right. I'm not going to say the one state I refuse to go to. I wouldn't. I'm not going to. Please don't. Okay, just, great. You'll know when we've gone to 50. <laughs> 50? 50. How many are there? Are there 52? No, that's cards in a deck. <laughs> it's that's yeah. cards in a murder deck. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Let's go back to the cards. But, oh, my favorite murder.com slash live is just how you see the places we're going and yeah check shows. on their links it'll give you pre-sale codes totally. all that business and yeah. thanks to kelly for work um doing that for us kelly dwyer amazing photographer oh, great mother fucking of, mother of baby maybe baby maybe oh my god maybe baby bear um and matt dwyer well hilarious comedian i found them last night does he have a podcast sorry yes matt. sorry he matt. has one called Afterbirth, yeah, okay. no, that's so gross. <laughs> it's afterbirth, and he he no, he was like a fucking like big timey comic with all the big timeies in Chicago way back when, mm-hmm. and did a bunch of shit with them. So he has a lot of those people on the podcast talking about what it's like to have a kid. That's great, and he's so funny. So it's afterbirth. It's on Feral. He's hilarious. He's so funny. Um, <laughs> we're assholes. Okay, <laughs> no, we're not. We just fucking sorry, Matt. Matt's yeah, such a dick. Matt's to me. a dick. He's such a dick, though. Like I'm not even. No, it's his fault. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, uh, merch corner. My favorite murder shirts. Dot com. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? I guess I think I just had an idea. Let's hear it. What about merch of baseball hats? With just baseball hats, with just a single face of a murderer on it. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my god, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient. Made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad. So it's 
it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill. If you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom, it's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Like a drawing or like a yeah. fucking sketch? I think it would have to be a drawing. Drawing. <laughs> Don't don't nobody steal this. I swear to fucking God, I if I see this on e- if I see this on fucking Etsy, <laughs> I will come to your house. Well, this means we have tonight Sunday. We have till Thursday to fucking make this goddamn <laughs> oh, happen. Like, Steven, mute it. Steven, Steven, Cat Solon, get on this, please. Um, Wouldn't you wear just baseball like, hat's a great idea because right a black hat and then just Albert Fish's face on it. <gasps> what if it was what I'm talking oh my about? God. What if it was one of those beanies that you pull over your face and it has the eye in the <laughs> mouth hole? <laughs> Those are called balaclavas. And it just said my favorite murder is, and you just pull yeah. it, and it's just like a thing. Okay. That says now Albert we have two fish. things. This is inter- intellectual <laughs> copyright property. property. We own this, own it, and we can prove it in a court of law. Yeah. Don't you steal the balaclava we idea? Will come. What's it called? Balaclava, the thing that you pull over that like bank robbers use. That's I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. yeah. Um, we will come to every fifty fucking state and fucking track you down, <laughs> except for the one, except for the one that I refuse to go to. It's Maine. Just kidding. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not. It's no way, man. They got fucking lobsters. Anyway, that's lobsters. I actually love Maine and I've wanted to go there since I was a kid because I used to read these books called Meg. I think it was called Meg of Maine. And we're going. I think that was what it was called. I would go to fucking Maine so hard. Yeah. Let's just add a weird tour. Let's have a weird tour. Called which just like we do what we want. Yeah, called we do what we want. There's not enough people to fill whatever fucking venue. <laughs> no one's interested. Nobody cares. They don't fucking like you. They're just trying to get make a fucking living. We're gonna go to Maine. We're gonna go to Oneida, New York. We're gonna go uh, to Montreal where they don't like anything. We're gonna go to down to way Irvine, down. California, which is the worst thing that ever happened in my fucking life. Yep. It'd be wouldn't it be amazing to go to Irvine and not sell any tickets? Oh my god, amazing. Just be like uh, it's just 
just all you know every girl who made fun of me in elementary school gets in for free yeah and they just and they get a front the row seat <laughs> they text, text and talk to each other that'd be god this is turning into like an albert brooks movie we an albert fish movie <laughs> oh my an albert fish productions that's the best name for a production company and it's just a cartoon of him with all those pins inside of him oh my god he's so gross all right do we have to do the murder part this is so fun (laughs) um there are those who say we do have to do it um last time you went went first. first okay you pointed at me and then moved your finger towards yourself. Because I was just kind of ready to go with whatever you said. <laughs> I do love that in the live episode. Uh, at the at the venue, we were like, had to ask the audience, who went first last time? And a bunch of people like, Care, Georgia, like they knew. <laughs> I know. That's so sweet. It's because uh, they know we don't know anything. <laughs> that was so fun. That was so fun. They're also fucking, I can't, I'm going to cry. It this was the why, best. This is another thing of... I can't deal with this being a thing. Okay. It's fun. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say this. A lot of there were a couple people who tweeted about how mean I was to the girl that to who I yelled at to because she said she couldn't see and asked yes. for Patsy to be put down. But she was uh, what you couldn't see was that I was making faces at her after I yelled at her. Yeah. That made it funny. But then also she was in line um, after the show and she walked up and said, "I'm the." you yelled at and I go I'm sorry and she goes I loved it and then she put an Instagram up of that if you go to our Instagram and then you you there's a hashtag of my favorite murder and there's like a bunch of live photos and she writes one one of them like she told me to shut up it's just like (laughs) she's so sweet and just like I mean she had a moment with you that's right also that's the kind that's the kind of moment you get to have with me pretty much like that and nothing else it's like don't don't need or want more I can't give you anything and the craziest thing to me is someone who wasn't there said at one hour and 15 minutes in did I hear Guy Brenham laugh oh we got like seven of those that's that's amazing yeah and you you did because there's people who are Guy Branham who is our friend and he's also a co-host of Pop Rocket which Uh is a very popular podcast but also he's a well-known comedian and he has the most distinctive laugh that makes you want to start laughing yeah it's amazing he's so nice like this is this is how low it is in LA but he remembered my name when he met after he met me and Vince is the same way too where it's like he didn't have to remember our name like that's mm-hmm. how low it is where it's like yeah. you remembered my name he's so nice you're just looking for some decency yeah yeah he he read uh how to f- do things with friends and and then remember them he wrote People. he read that book yeah <laughs> uh, all right you're i just for- coughed and burped at the same time but i just want to say <laughs> i want to d- delay this one more minute class because i have defiance disorder <clears throat> is that a thing yeah i have it too yeah then. i don't know what it is it's just that you can't do it people want you to oh my do. god i fucking have that yeah uh it makes sense with both of us it does um i'm I learning ha- a lot from you though i have a very bad <laughs> i'm learning that it's okay from you it is i mean it's fine because everybody had, has something i once had a fucking <clears throat> soccer coach when i was like in junior high hold his fist up to my face and say you need to stop fucking being defiant and yeah. I was like, fuck you. And Did you walk away? Yeah. The hell fuck yeah, girl. You. That's right. He's probably a fucking I was just going to say, that's the show I'm working on right now, is Guy Branham's show. Yeah. That's the... Um, Sorry, yeah. It just makes... it's. 
I don't have to be secret about it because I'm happy so that Guy Brennan gets to have a show and it's going to be on True TV in like probably spring it's called Talk Show the Game Show. It's going to be awesome. Talk show the ga- that reminds <laughs> me of from BoJack Horseman of uh, what was it like? Celebrities. Do they know anything? What do they know? Let's find out. <laughs> um, that's Guy Brennan deserves a show so much. So much. That guy is. Uh, He's a fucking lawyer. N- literally. What? Yes, he has a law degree. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. He's smarter than everybody. Jesus. God. Yeah. National fucking treasure. And murder time. Okay. So remember we were talking about national parks and how everyone gets murdered in <laughs> yes, them constantly. The and it's like, what the fuck? I have one for you oh, today girl. that I'd never heard about. And then I, you know, okay, I looked it up. Okay. Here's the name of the fucking state park. It's called Starved Rock. State Uh-oh. Park. So immediately you're like, oh shit. Can I guess where it is? Yeah. Wyoming. Illinois. Eh. It's not, but you know, they're probably real close to each other. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably close. Did you see the meme someone made of? It's just a, it's a photo of what, like Wyoming and it says over the top and whatever state is next to Wyoming. That's <laughs> what you said. Yep. <laughs> I can't pretend. I we're, cannot pretend listen, to know. Listen, we're so smart in certain things. Oh, and so dumb in most things. <laughs> <laughs> and yet defiant as fuck. <clears throat> so that's why, fuck you. That's why... We're still not starting this murder TV show. God damn it. Okay. Star Rock State Park. It's a state park. It's 100 miles outside of Chicago. Um, the reason it's named this... Okay. So it's a rock fortress on the Illinois River. A band of... And I'm going to say this wrong and sound like such a fucking asshole. Uh, Illiniwic Indians lived there originally in the 17th... And then in the 17th century, they're besieged by a bunch of fucking assholes. They like kind of locked them in, and so the people who didn't die by trying to escape the Indians were died from starving. Mm. So oh, fuck yeah, dude. Okay, yeah. So Can, it's, do you mind? Will you show me the name? Do you mind if I see it? Oh yeah, here, go ahead. Oh yeah, I bet that's some. I bet that's right. Illiniwek, Illiniwek, Illiniwek Indians, or Illiniwek, Illiniwek. I mean, that's one of the other. I have no idea. Fuck I'm just you. giving options. No, you're probably right. This is from on our drunk history, my and Allie's drunk history episode, and we did on Lewis and Clark. She called them Indrians. So anything <laughs> I can, anything I can do is better than that. That's right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and someone got a tattoo that just says Indrians. That's so funny. People are crazy. Okay, so on March 14th, 1960, these three suburban housewives who are from um, a little bit outside of this area they're in Riverside three suburban housewives go to uh, Star Rock State Park for a long weekend they're all just like let's get the fuck out of here one of the women had like um, convalesced her husband through a heart attack they needed to get the fuck out of town they wanted to go um, and enjoy the area's hiking trails it's apparently gorgeous Um, they're staying at the Star Rock Lodge excuse me I burped so this is uh, Lillian Edding, Mildred Linquest, they're both 50, and Frances Murphy, who's 47. The young one. They, they're wives of business executives, they're mothers of grown children, and they're prominent in their town for civic involvement, um, and they're friends through the Riverside Presbyterian Church. So they're mm-hmm. good fucking women, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, we deserve, like, this is, this is their, um, what's it called, when they... Yeah, girls' weekend. Yes, I just had that feeling. Um, right as you finish that 
last sentence that they're all gonna die well yeah it was the <laughs> and you know what that feeling feels like to me when i remember what we're t- doing it feels like when the dentist puts the lead blanket over you when you get your x-rays taken <laughs> yeah so then it's just like oh yeah and you're like this lead thing isn't gonna do anything <laughs> too it's like that lead thing where they're like this is probably it's Who gonna knows? maybe yeah but anyway yeah that's it this yeah. is the lead blanket of sadness yeah they check into the lodge they put their luggage in their rooms and then they have lunch at the lodge's like beautiful restaurant and then they're like we're gonna go for a hike like post-lunch hike okay well that evening Lillian's husband uh, is supposed to hear from his wife and so he doesn't and he calls the staff and the staff is like oh no we saw them but they're not in the room right now they'll call you tomorrow the next day he calls again and the staff again says like oh no you know we saw them at lunch and they're here they're just probably out and then the next day there's a snow a crazy fucking snowstorm and so this dude Lillian's husband named George is like go into my fucking wife's room and see if she's there Uh, they check the rooms their luggage is all packed their car is still in the same place like they clearly hadn't been there in two days so um george calls law enforcement and volunteers come out and they start a search party and at the time this local newspaper reporter hears about it he fucking skedaddles over there and he um drives into the park and he comes across some kids near a ravine who are shouting and it turns out this like local camp had been hiking and these like teenage boys found bodies on one of the nearby trails which is like dude you poor kids so what's what's found and the fucking newspaper guy goes up there scoop of the fucking century and it was called the crime of the century for a while he finds the mutilated bodies of Lillian, Mildred and Francis Mm. they're laying side by side partially covered with snow they're on their backs under the ledge of a small cave and their lower clothing had been torn away and their legs were spread apart, uh. which we know is a fucking sadistic as fuck way to leave someone. They had all been beaten viciously um, in their on their heads, and two were tied together with heavy twine. They were covered in blood, and their legs were blackened with bruises. Uh. Poor fucking things. <clears throat> um, so, because this had happened two days earlier, and then there was a snowstorm... There were several inches of snow covering the whole area, which means all this fucking evidence they could have had was lost. But they did some digging and they found a ton of blood beneath the snow and they found a frozen tree limb that was streaked with blood and they thought that was the murder weapon. Um, And then also a trail of blood led from a different area into where the women's body were found. So they thought that the bodies had been dragged and positioned under the sledge. Um, the coroner said the women had obviously been, obviously been quote molested, but they couldn't, they couldn't find any evidence of rape because it had been so long and it had been snowing. Um, let's see. And it seems that the time of death was pretty shortly after they had left the lodge after lunch. Um, and there was no motive for the murders because the women had left all their money and jewelry in their room. Um, and ma- so maybe the killer got mad when he found out that there was nothing on them. But the strap to the camera, they brought a camera and binoculars and the strap to the camera was broken. And there was photos of them like sightseeing on, on the camera, which you can see online. 
Oh, so the strap was broken, but the camera is still there. Yes. Okay. So, so it wasn't robbery. No. Yeah. Or maybe okay. it was attempted and the women fought back something. So there were no suspects for eight months. And so the county state attorney, whose name was Harold, no, Harland Warren, Harland, that's a fucking amazing name, mm-hmm. uses his own money and purchases a microscope's a microscope and begins like doing this crazy study of all the evidence. Sorry, I missed what year this was. Oh, 1960. Oh, okay. So, like, <laughs> he buys he buys his own microscope, <laughs> and also everyone's name is something that's oh, old fashioned. Okay, yeah. it's like these are all older people in 1960, yeah, so you know it. they're all like you know from the 30s or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so he buys his own microscope. He begins um, studying the uh, evidence. And he's like, the twine is going to fucking tell me something. Where is this twine from? And um, he finds that there's two kinds of twine, a 20-ply cord and a 12-ply cord. And he starts at the first place he can think of, which is at the lodge. And he brings him to the manager of the cord. And he's like, does this look familiar to you? And it turns out the manager's like, I think those were from the restaurant. And they go back into the fucking area where the food is kept in the fucking pantry. And there's the fucking twine same fucking twine so they don't have to go far to find whoever did this they do not so they had originally warren had originally thought that the killer either worked at or had access to the the lodge but all the lodge employees had been given polygraph tests and they all passed um but he calls them back for another round of testing and that is when a former dishwasher named chester otto wager was brought in Mm, like that name combination because he has a middle name well, yeah, they always name the middle name, but Chester. Then, Chester's not a good. Wager. It's not a good name. W e g e r. Wager. Chester Wager. You don't name your child uh, in a name that has the same two letters at the end on both names. Chester Wager. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, it's my personal thing. I see that. No, I get that. I've never thought about that. Um, so he's a former park employee, and he had uh, quit recently, like over the summer, to go paint houses with his father. But while he he was working there he served meals to the police and reporters while they were like looking up for evidence and shit so they give him um, a lie detector test and the the tester who's like this really they brought in like a really good tester they said his face turned white after during the testing Chester walks away and the tester said that's your man ooh yeah so Wegger is 21 he's a small man he has a wife and two young children um he had resigned that summer and lodge employees reported seeing scratches on his face but he had passed several lie detector tests already I mean, because ultimately we know that lie detector tests, really, right. they're 50-50. Right. They're only right half the time. Yeah. Now we know this. And there's a reason they're inadmissible in court is because they're, they're not. They ba- they're based on your heart rate. And if you are like a sociopath or something, yeah. you won't have a reaction to, you won't be nervous to tell a lie. You won't care. And if you truly believe what you thought you saw. So like, if it's a witness who's like, I fucking saw a man in a red jacket. I know I did. And if they believe that, they're going to not have been being deceitful. Right. Even if it's not true. They won't have the physical reaction. Yeah. I think someday that, I think someday witness testimony is going to be just like lie detector tests where it's like, this isn't admissible because everyone's a little bit 
not wrong. reliable. Yeah. yeah. We're all a little wrong. I think that's actually a good thing to remember. Yeah. Because I always think I remember things. Always. And I'm positive, positive. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I'm wrong. Well, it's the same thing of like how people say like there's three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and the truth. And it's like, you know, the argument that you and I got into sounds this way from me and sounds that way from you. And you have to be like, well, somewhere in the middle is really what happened. And you can't, you have to know that you don't know. Yeah. The other person's... Ugh. This is a psychology podcast. <laughs> uh, it's true, though. Okay, we're so smart. I know. Like, how do we even... But not about states. About feelings. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> I just thought it'd be perfect. I was going to make that one quiet, but I figured... I'm putting my jacket back on. You're cold. It's so loud. I'm, I know. This is, not this is not good for audio, Stephen. Have a blanket. There's a blanket right there. I barely peed I won't on, move. I peed on it once. <laughs> Please. Are you cold? Yes. Karen, behind you is a thermostat. Please turn that heat on right there. But that thing that looks like a fire hazard from the 1950s. Yeah, click that little thing up. This is worth it. Kaboom! Click that up. No, no, no. To the left. The little switch. Yeah, up. There we go. Did you see the fire and the wall right there? Oh it's. I need to move. This is an old. <laughs> this is serious. The night my favorite murder got lit on fire. All right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Three blah. So they're like, it's totally him. And then he was like, hey, um, I have. I just happen to have this buckskin jacket, and I want to admit that it's covered in quote dark stains, and it later turned out to be human blood. On this jacket, I don't <laughs> he know was if, just bringing this up. Yeah, I don't know if that's totally, you know, what how it happened, but somehow they found a buckskin jacket that okay. was covered in dark stains that happened to be human blood. But in 1960, it could not be typed or matched to a specific victim, which is like, come on, you guys, get it to fucking together. They're like, we can't. It's no. only 1960. It's just blood stains at this point. Our we just want to go to the moon. <laughs> that's all we care about. It's the I 60s. Heard say movies, which is actually <laughs> similar. <laughs> Um, her parents failed us. So he does further polygraph tests. Again, he's fucked and he fails them all. So the investigators begin checking into similar cases in the area and they come across a reported rape and robbery that had taken place a mile from Starved Rock in 1959, the year before. A 17 year old girl had been sexually assaulted and she had been, um, bound with twine Uh similarly to the starved rock women okay (laughs) and then i you know in all my like weird digging of like old um articles and shit the one place i found in one place this information um the the attack had been reported by two teenagers um a boy and a girl the boy said they had been robbed while the girl was sexually assaulted they um told the cops about it and the officers didn't believe their story and they sent the couple away with a cursory investigation saying that they thought the story was made up. That they were robbed? That they were robbed and she was fucking sexually assaulted. They were like, you little lying 17-year-olds, get the fuck uh, out of here. You know what I mean? Like, why would you fucking make that up? Um, Let's get attention. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that, that's what they used to say, stuff like that back then, right? <laughs> yeah. So maybe they had pay, should have paid attention to that. Anyways, so the, vict- the, the female victim has brought a stack of mug shots. She's sorting through them. And when she sees the photo of Chester, she starts to scream, oh, fuck. which is so chilling. Yeah. <clears throat> so they get a arrest warrant for him on the rape 
because they can't prove the murders yet, so they get him off the streets. Um, and then they have him in custody. They start questioning him about the rape, and then they press him about the murders, and they keep him keep him in, in the interrogate uh, in the interrogation room for hours. At two a.m., he finally um, asks to see his family, and um, then he uh, confesses. But so, before that, he's like. Really quick, though, again, I have a buckskin jacket. I just wanted Listen, you guys to know. It's the, it's the blood from the buck that was fucking killed for this jacket. I'm just going to bring this up real quick because yeah, yeah. I want... It's pretty cool jacket. Yeah, like, I just want you guys to, like, admire my jacket. Okay, anyway. No, I'll go back to my confession. <clears throat> um, so, he confesses. He says that... Um, he got scared. He tried to grab the women's pocketbooks and they fought him and he hit them. And the pocketbook turned out to be the camera that was around her neck. He thought it was like a pocketbook. So he gives him that, that interesting detail. Then um, he says, they were like, why did you drag the women into this ledge, into this like cave? And he says it's because um, he had spotted a small airplane flying low over the park and he was afraid it was a state police plane so he moved the bodies so that they could not be seen and he had said it was a red and white plane so a few days later um the cops and the detectives go to the airplane base and look at the logbooks and there's a fucking plane flying oh. over that fucking park at the exact moment that was red and white Whoa. so that's some shit that only he could have known yes right and he told on himself he fucking he confessed yeah, yeah he confessed he confessed yeah <sighs> okay Okay, but then right after his first meeting with his court-appointed attorney, he changes the story and says that he was innocent of all charges, that the investigators had coerced him into confessing, and that they fucking held a gun to his head and made him sign every single one of the the, the papers. I mean, I can see that, confession. too. I mean... Back then? He said, I know. He was so scared that he signed the papers away, saying they had fed him the information about the airplane, and he wasn't even in the park at the time of the killings. He later said, the police at the park saw me every day and I passed every test they gave me, but the months went by and they wanted a conviction, so they beat me into signing it. I wasn't even, I wasn't ever at the park when it happened. I was done wrong. Except for when you raped that girl that time, Chester? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Yes. However. Okay. So he's brought to trial uh, in 1961. They seek the death penalty. A year later, they, the jury finds him guilty. Um, for one of the murders they only tried him for mm. which is weird um, maybe they thought they couldn't get him on all three well it's all the same evidence you know what I mean maybe. and then they ended up like not bringing him up on charges for the rape too so like this poor girl who was like you first thought I was fucking lying and now you're not even gonna fucking try him for this shit wow poor fucking girl but but if he goes down for those at least something on the other ones then he's in jail forever maybe they, they're they had to yeah okay but that. here's the problem with that uh oh so um, he's sentenced to a term of life in prison and then the jurors get dismissed and the and the reporters ask them if they knew that a life sentence in Illinois meant that Wager would be eligible per, for parole in a few years and it turns out that <laughs> the min, the like the the normal life sentence for murder in Illinois was 10 years at the time what yeah I don't know if it still is it might still be no the jurors were like wait what the fuck they were like we would have fucking sent him away wait that's we like saying everyone for- that's going to jail is 70 or something that doesn't well, make any know, sense life, life 
a life sentence is in the hardest quotes that have ever been quoted. Life sentence is such bullshit. It makes you feel and think a certain thing. It's not fucking true. Seven fucking years. It's like you're eligible for parole immediately and you just keep fucking it's just not a thing a life sentence is not a thing a life sentence is not a thing <laughs> you are full of shit i am not <laughs> life sentence is like is is a is a um wait, wait can i just remind you that lawyers listen to this okay <laughs> I just <laughs> would you want me to text guy right now text guy okay the the, the, the idea of a life sentence <laughs> wait this is my favorite we're stop going it, stop it, we're going me. we're going outside the podcast it's like okay. um we're we're doing an outside line a life sentence I want to call a friend <laughs> a lawyer I'm doing it a life sentence means life sentence but in actuality in the majority of states it really just is it's a sentence but it's not an actual um What's the word? It's not going to give you 50 to 75 years like like it would take up a person's life. Exactly. You're okay. not actually going to be in prison for your life. Mm-hmm. All right. Both of you on your phones now. I just want to fucking point out. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just texting. I'm just texting the outside Can I line. ask you a question? Says, We're just going to see if guys even available. Steven, what did you find? I found that it was much more complicated than I thought it was. What does it I say? Thought, I, I thought life imprisonment was life. In, no, the first thing was on a message board. It just said, that's a really good question. What is life imprisonment <laughs> in Illinois? And, and oh, you didn't get a name. Discussion. Yeah, I didn't get an answer. Read the whole thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it just says that. Okay. Well, we know that it changes state to state, right? Yes. So, but I also but know, this is Illinois specific. Right. So, so, I mean, the jurors were upset. Like, do you know that life imprisonment... Um, a life sentence in Illinois means that he'd be eligible for parole in a few years. So that's the thing. You get life in prison and then you're fucking eligible for parole. And and in this case, in Illinois, get parole after 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so that's ahead. right. Well, I mean, is that what you're about to tell me? He got parole? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So they said they would have given the electric chair. Um, oh, shit. Ba ba ba. So, it, okay, let's see. The whole prosecution was based on his confession, which predated Miranda warnings that are required today. Um, wow, I didn't realize Miranda warnings were that recent. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. They're based on a guy named Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> like how John Wayne's real name is Priscilla. Is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, or Miriam. That's my middle it's, name. It's a girl name. What? Really? Hmm. It's Jewish. Um, okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so then at some point... So so he, from the moment he was in prison, is saying he's fucking innocent. And um, that some woman had a deathbed confession that was never, like, corroborated. Corroborated? Mm-hmm. Corroborated. <laughs> <laughs> he's maintained his innocence. He's 77, and he is the third longest held inmate in a state prison, having served a life sentence since 1961. He's been requesting parole since 1972. It's 14 times that he's been up for parole. Wow. Yeah, and he's always saying. And if he said that he did it, he probably would have been paroled, because part of getting paroled is accepting responsibility for your crime, yeah. and he fucking refuses to do it. Um, DNA re- tests were requested, but so there was fucking hair found in the victim's fists and the blood stains on the coat. They were requested testing in 2004, but the 
the items had not been properly preserved and mm. thus no longer had held evidentiary value. Which seems like bullshit, right? Like, you can fucking find it in there somewhere. Well, but it sounds like what they're saying is, like, instead of putting it in a Ziploc bag, they yeah. put it in one of those sandwich bags that folds over at the top. Where it's like, <laughs> those don't work for sandwiches, why are they going to work for evidence? Well, I, I, you know, I looked this this case up on Facebook to see if anyone was, like, talking about it as her hometown murder, and one guy, whose name I fucking can't remember, was like, uh, this is my hometown murder and these items the jacket and the fucking branch that had been used to kill them were brought to schools to show children no yeah and so what? and like the buckskin jacket yeah. comes back yeah like the the guy was like the guy worked for the innocent project innocence project and he was like the reason these fucking things couldn't be tested is because one of the fucking investigators had like one of the pieces of evidence on his wall as like, a trophy and these got brought like his the guy was like my mom remembers these being brought into school and you could like touch them and fucking learn about the murder. Just get as many little kid fingerprints on there as you possibly can. It's pretty smart if that's a fucking tactic. (sighs) Yeah, because this was back when, yeah, Yeah. no one knew. So It was so recent. He, well, as less than a month ago, he was up for parole again. Jesus, how old is this motherfucker? 77. He was up for parole again and he got denied. Um, and one of the only living jurors left, Nancy Porter, who's 92, said that she now she now finds the confession implausible because he, she thought that Wager, who was unarmed, who was only five foot eight, could have been overpowered by the three women, which I think is such bullshit. That's not how fucking Mm-mm. crimes work. Mm-mm. Like you intimidate these three, you know, quiet women who go along with what you're telling them to do and intimidate them. Like it doesn't matter how big you are. No, 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 no. That's, that's like that's like acting like every crime situation is the same. And yeah. if this person is a criminal. He could have lured them to a spot, yeah. cracked one of them on the head, scared the shit yeah. out of the other two. Like who he tied knows? two of them together, so you're overpowering two of them. The other woman's not going to leave. I mean, it's not like they're going to fucking ninja him, like you know, overpower him. And that's the same thing with the um, Richard Speck case, where he went into. They couldn't understand how he. Right. There was so many women in this room, and he. He kept them all in that room and then took them out one by one and yeah, murdered no, them. And and nobody. And it's like because it's a psychological thing. He scared yeah. the shit out of them. He scared them and he kept saying, probably, if you go along with what I'm trying to do, I'll let you go. Yes. I'll let you go. And so the, you know, especially back then when you had to be fucking polite to everyone, yeah. you go along with it hoping. You'll you just spared. want this situation to end. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, silver lining. Um, so, the crime lab is now one of the finest in the state um, because of the shoddy work from the Starb Rock case. And someone said the state crime lab was less equipped than a high school chemistry lab at the time. Oh. And this is from Steve Stout, who wrote a book called The Star Rock Murders. Um, this crime is more important than NOS because it changed the system of criminal investigation in Illinois. And then I went on Reddit and there was a guy who said um, there was a guy named or a woman named Bedpan Three. <laughs> I know. Like, is she? I don't know what's going on with her. You know, she's a woman. Because she says my. Well, maybe not. She says my husband, and I fucking assumed. Oh right, maybe, right. You know, like, I can hey, be like, I'm I mean, not trying to. Come on, everybody. Um, she says there's a huge. <laughs> like there was a bedpan, a bedpan one, and a bedpan two already taken. The other two, no. This is the third best yeah. bedpan. Yep. Yeah. This is a huge. Num- there's a huge number of people from this town in my surrounding area. 
that think he's a, he was a scapegoat. Her ex's husband's grandfather was a judge during the time, though not during this trial, and told me that there was no way in hell he did the crime. The bodies, from what I remember reading, had animal slash dog bites that were just left unexplained. Theories include that a business owner who was from another nearby town who had a very had very large, well trained dogs was a possibility because he inexplicably immigrated back to his home country right after the murders, leaving his entire family behind. Another oh. theory is that the women's wealthy Chicago businessman husbands paid someone to have them killed in the park for various nefarious reasons. The only real consensus is that pretty much no one at the time or years later believed it was Wager. Uh, I don't think it's the husband having them killed because the way they're mutilated and left yeah. uh, with their legs open. Yeah. And if he, if Wager was a rapist and was the rapist that raped that girl, it would be more in line with a person who has, uh, is a rapist, has issues with Sexually women. deviant. Yeah. And, and basically is escalating. I don't disagree with the fact that it sounds like if, um, if I didn't know any of the suspects, I would think it was at least two people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but oh, who knows? You get you crack somebody over the head with a stick when you're yeah. in, in your you're with your two friends. Yeah. Somebody gets cracked over the head and then you're like and suddenly there's like some wild man that's like yeah. sit down and I have to tie you up and I mean no, for sure. it's over. Uh, he probably did it. <clears throat> but there's but it, a, yeah, he probably did it. But the it is interesting that whole thing of like you can't really Based it on what the polygraph says and you can't no. and you do have to be suspect now what we know these days of how police uh, interrogations used to go um, we've all seen LA Confidential um, it's a pity that DNA can't figure this one out yeah that's amazing that's yeah. such a good story yeah Star of Rock Murders and also such a creepy name Star of Rock Murders oh for sure yeah yeah is it starve or starving? Starved. Starved, past tense. Starved. Like they did. Yeah, but it can't be... What? If, if it's the twine from the from the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, unless it was someone else who worked there. It probably wasn't. Could have been someone else. Real, yeah. I mean, he's still alive chef. and he's trying to get out. And It's this... It's the uh, line cook. Yeah, it's always a line cook. It's not the dishwasher. It's, it's always a sous chef. He it's just wants to be the head chef. chef. He's got a fun mustache, and you're like, I love that guy. And he's like, Steven. I'm so sick of chopping celery. <clears throat> Fucking take your mirepoix and shove it. <laughs> put, um, a put a chive on it. Uh, okay, so mine this week um, is worrisome. Because it's the case that I t brought up um, the week before last, and I didn't really know anything about it, but I just wanted to cite it to you, and it was the Sherry Papini case. Yes. So, <clears throat> it's an amazing thing because I went into such a like black hole on the internet today that I had that thing happen where I was reading it was light outside when I was reading oh and the next thing I knew it was pitch black and in you my house turned yeah because you didn't get up to turn any lights on exactly <laughs> and I hadn't really looked around so that when I looked up it was like I was sitting in a pitch black room <laughs> it was kind of scary that's a really depressed honestly it's like one of my depression triggers yes that's where you <laughs> where you let just the light oh, fade away yeah I jumped up and turned a lamp on um <laughs> I have dogs it wasn't too bad but like if anyone had come like looked through the window and seen what you were looking like reading about they'd be like what the f i'm not killing this girl yeah she's crazy she's going to kill me yeah um but here's the I, because the reason that it 
it was, you know, hours and hours of reading and all these different websites is because this case goes, has so many levels and it is crazy like when I first started talking to you about it I just wanted to kind of be like it's that crazy case and it's got some twists and turns but because I didn't really know specifics I kind of was like just gave up well I love that I really don't know uh, I know that everyone's talking about it you mentioned <clears throat> it to me I love that you're filling me in on every like I have nothing I just want to fucking hear this I'm excited all right so I'll give you the I'll give you the overview okay but essentially what we're talking about here um in one way and this is what people are being so careful about it because yeah of it, there's no proof that it's anything but a woman who has been victimized and what I really like about that is that there are people who are being so fastidious as to make sure that no one is accusing a victim mm-hmm. of a crime of doing anything um, that being said there is insane amounts of evidence that something is wrong with this case. Like it's really suspicious. It's very suspicious and it's not um it's just interesting. So I we will talk about facts okay. and I'll just try to be very clear about what facts are as opposed to hearsay okay. or anything and just try to remind you every 7 minutes that we're talking about a victim and that this isn't, you know, in in nowhere are we trying to like give an opinion about this. I just find this case to be incredibly fascinating. Okay. So here's here's what we know. Um it's a woman named Sherry Papini who's a 34-year-old married mother of two who lives in Redding, California, disappeared while she was jogging on November 2nd. And she reappeared three weeks later on the side of Highway 5 before dawn on Thanksgiving Day, 150 miles away from where she was taken. She was beaten, she was bloody, and her hands were chained behind her back. Fuck. Yeah. Um, She told police that she had been kidnapped by two Hispanic women in a van who tortured and starved her. No. Okay, go on. Um, So, after she was found, her husband, Keith, gave interviews to both Good Morning America and 2020. Wait, okay. Already questions. She said that the entirety of her captive, her being captured was by two Hispanic women. Yes. The entirety of it. Yep. Let's just go with the facts. Keep going. Um... On those interviews, Keith, her husband, said his wife's captors, two Latina women, kept their faces covered, spoke Spanish the majority of the time. They beat her. They broke her nose. They cut her hair. um, They starved her. He claimed that Sherry had lost 15% of her body weight and that the captors quote-unquote branded her which led to speculation that the kidnapping was part of a sex trafficking operation so uh after she was found a woman saw her uh, again at 4 a.m on the side of the road called 911 she gets taken to the hospital um and her injuries include bruises a broken nose burns and starvation um but she was discharged several hours later she tells police that she was held captive um, and she describes the two Latinas as one being old, one being young. One had curly hair, one had straight hair, one had thin eyebrows, one had thick eyebrows. Um, once she was released from the hospital, she and her family left Reading, the town that she lives in, um, for an undisclosed location to avoid media attention. Um, and Sherry herself has not been seen by the media since her disappearance. Shut up on Thanksgiving. 
Yes, yeah, since like she's basically not right. been seen by the media at all. So they've Fuck. seen the pictures of her, which are from her wedding day, which are seven years prior. Um, so she hasn't given any interviews or hasn't been seen? No, just her husband. Wow. So her husband went on uh, 2020 and Good Morning America, and he told the whole story for her. And which makes sense for a victim who is traumatized and needs to be away from everything. Yeah, makes but does perfect he, sense. But did he need to do that? Well, true. Um, like if she, if that's the case and she doesn't want to be and needs to be away from it. Well, they and that's what they told people is basically um, she got out of the hospital and then they left town and told everybody that they are doing it to avoid the media. And then he re- relatively soon after goes on both two you know major national television shows. I, okay, do you want to? Okay, so I'm going to hold my comments. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, <laughs> you're like just ag- accrue it and okay. listen because it's interesting. Well, I so, can't remember. Um, uh, there are actually websites that normally dive right into cases like this, the kind of Nancy Grace style cases, who will not entertain anything except for that Sherry Papini is a victim, and anybody saying anything different, that's the like you can't talk about that. Which is a stance. I mean, it's just like a, a way to do it. But of course, Reddit is not like that because Reddit entertains anything at all times and Yay. you can say what you want. Um, and so there's Reddit is the place I found a lot of this information. Cool. Um, the Shasta County Sheriff actually recently came out to say he believes Sherry Papini's story. Um, but he said that in direct conflict with an earlier statement where the sheriff's office communications officer said they weren't ruling anything out. Um, so no one knows if he said that to, to fix what somebody that was just basically answering the phone mm-hmm. and talking to the Huffington Post said mm-hmm. um, or what. But there hasn't been much movement. The, the uh, Shasta County... No, the no, none of the police up there have been warning people. They haven't put out an uh, any kind of APB about these two Latina women. There haven't been warnings to other women about being careful or this is what you need to look for. I think that says a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so basically, we'll go over it like this: is the way the they the timeline problems essentially okay um so the day that she went jogging like the day that her husband keith realized that she was missing he was at work and he came home from work and she wasn't there and the kids weren't there and instead of calling her he said he because sometimes i think the reason is i was confused by this but basically that sometimes reception is bad up there Mm -hmm. which makes sense because it's like way up north of sacramento yeah um that he pinged her phone instead with find my iphone okay um so then he realizes where the phone is and it's a mile away from their house where kind of near where their mailbox is which is if you've grown up in the country it's that thing where like your house is way up here on some weird long dusty road and Mm -hmm. your mailboxes are in a long line with a bunch of other people's mailboxes down the road like you you go to your mailbox when you're driving up your driveway exactly right a mile seems far to me but i don't know okay and also this is like i was looking at a map of reading and there's 
there's nothing. I mean, and it's the, like, yeah. Also, the like the group that neighborhoods like put mailboxes together. It has nothing to do with where your house is, kind of right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, because neighborhood neighborhoods don't exist there. Right. It's like all these houses just kind of like they're ran- probably ranch style mm-hmm, houses mm-hmm. spread out. Fuck that, man. So <laughs> I want neighbors to hear me scream. Scary at night. Yep. Um. So he says he called his mother and he um I can't remember but basically it's just this weird thing of why wouldn't you just call her phone yeah and like okay so um he basically he pings her phone finds it uh and it's at the corner of Sunrise Drive and Old Oregon Trail and when he gets there he immediately takes a picture of it it's sitting um, of her phone of her phone uh why it's would he sitting. Do that? It's sitting with. You're just gonna keep saying that. I know. I'm That's with. No, no, no. You can. But I'm just saying. That there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, there's headphones sitting on top of the phone. On top of them. Uh-huh. Very neatly, it says, uh-huh. and he takes a picture of it. So the police um, said that it looked staged. They yeah. commented on that early. That said it looked staged, but he didn't touch the phone. He like whatever. And a lot of people. On these threads, we're talking about if your significant other was missing in a way that you really felt was real, you would grab that phone and start looking at what are the last calls, totally. texts, anything. All right. Um, so then he files a missing persons report, and in all in every way he talks about her, instead of saying kidnapped or missing, he keeps using the word taken. <gasps> Liam Neeson style. Um, okay. So then... They put up five days after she goes missing, they put up SherryPapini.com and it's a website. Five days? Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, it's just a, a website about the whole case. Please help us find her. She's missing with her picture and everything else. All the information, what she's wearing and the whole thing. And 10 days after that, this letter goes up on that website and it's from an anonymous donor. And it says that it says like I'm an anonymous donor I'm offering an undisclosed reward for Sherry's immediate release um, my middleman is Cameron Gamble who's a inter- in- international negotiator um, who also happens to live in Reading the fuck right so this is I think this is the part now separate from people saying please protect a victim who has been victimized yeah absolutely but this is the part where everyone's like this thing stinks to high heaven yeah because um when you go on there's a really great um article that was on the daily beast called um like things you should know about the shady private investigator involved in the Sherry Papini oh, case fuck yeah and it's amazing because it's all about him and how like it's really there's lots of great information there's videos that he has on his website CameronGamble.com is he a creep um, he's a guy that's trying like he has a, his organization it's supposedly a non-profit profit organization called Project Taken and <gasps> it's about dude it's about warning women uh, or like telling women what to do in case someone tries to kidnap them what the fuck so all of these things are like just they just are very suspect yeah. it's just all very a little bit like a movie yeah. and a little bit I don't, too, I don't think so too, co- too coincidental very coincidental and also 
in the best case scenario, what this person did in this anonymous donor that put this letter up on their website was basically trying to circumvent law enforcement and say, if you have her, I I will give you money. Just bring her back. Is it no questions asked? Exactly. They don't use that that phrase, but it's basically saying we don't have to deal with the police. Like if you, you can have the money, just bring her back. Which pisses the police off so much because if that's actually the case, then other women are in danger and you have not... Yeah, you can't do it that you, way. You've just eliminated all the suspects because you're being a fucking asshole. Well, it just, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And it's like somebody making up a new way to do it and then going like, I'm anonymous. I'm anonymous. Yeah. The amount of money is anonymous. Please use my middleman. Yeah. None of those things, no. I think, really line up. And no. then it goes against law enforcement. Okay. So, um, so basically then... Uh, three weeks in, you know since that since she goes missing three weeks pass and on the morning of Thanksgiving she's spotted at 4am uh, next to the highway near Woodland Sidley, a city called Woodland um, which I don't remember from, from living up there um, with her arms chained behind her back this woman sees her trying to like she said it looked like she was trying to like flag her down like wave something mm-hmm. um, I don't know how she would do that with her arms behind her back but um the woman calls 911 and she's taken to the hospital. Um, so in, uh, oh, and when he, when the woman describes her in this 911 call, she says she has long blonde hair. So, uh, oh, after the, after she's found and the family asks for, for privacy, several family members grant a Daily Mail interview, which is the mm-hmm. British newspaper, I believe. And someone also sells a picture of her kids t- uh, on Thanksgiving to the Daily Mail. Um, and then, of course, her husband does both interviews. Do they know who sold it? Or is it like anonymous? They say family members. There's no one specifically named. Um in her twenty, in his twenty twenty interview, her husband Keith says um, her signature long blonde hair had been chopped off. <gasps> um, but he, but she was described as having long hair by the nine one one caller, and a lot of people bring up like who has signature long blonde signature as to as compared to what like Dude. it's not she's not like you know Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever it's she's a mom and even if it is it's like why did the caller describe her as having that and he said the exact this guy seems to pick up phrases that sound um coerced or not coerced uh like rehearsed rehearsed thank you but also just weird like it's that thing where people get a weird feeling and that's the thing that like I what what we're now talking about that are in direct contention with each other is the weird feeling you have when you think someone's lying versus a victim trying to tell their story and I'm not uh, everything I've heard doesn't it's, it, it makes the husband sound suspicious not her right she, it sounds like this fucking happened to her well yeah I don't think like nothing makes me think that this that she isn't actually a legitimate victim so basically when she he gives these interviews there's experts that are uh, experts in like whatever reaction or what, whatever facial rec- facial reaction yeah, recognition yeah. or whatever that say his crying is completely fake like he does these things where he bursts out into tears oh. but he he um makes the noises and his eyes get a little bit red but there's no actual streaming tears that 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 whole fucking uh study is fascinating to me i love that shit yeah 
like micro uh, expressions yes. and stuff like that. Like the way they know people are lying. Amazing. It's pretty interesting. But I also think that that's interesting because that happens on TV shows a lot where people are supposed to be crying like in acting, but it's really hard thing to do to fake cry it's really hard even if you mean it and want to do it so like you can but we're all used to it where it's like people like <laughs> i just really you know and you yeah. make the noise you can do the voice and everything but to get the stuff to come out of your eyes is really hard to do yeah but you can still see it like i i have a really hard time crying and there's moments where i'm like it's okay to do this thing but you you're trying so hard not to, but you can hear it in the voice. Right? Well, and the key, the key of real crying, mm-hmm. I learned this in an acting class one time. Tell me, is trying not to cry because that's the real oh, thing people do. You try not to. No one ever wants to really cry. Fuck. So sitting, and, and I don't know this man, and who knows what's really happening? None of us know. Again, okay. I'm just going to keep saying it. None of us know what's yeah. really happening, but. <gasps> Most of the time, if you're being interviewed and you're talking about something that happened to a person, and also he'd already gotten his wife back home. Yeah. So she she hadn't died, and yes, she had been a victim of something terrible, but he was acting like he was sobbing, but he wasn't actually sobbing, which is just not a natural yeah. thing for people to, you, for, especially a man, I'm sorry totally. to say, they have less permission to and have emotions. You do a thing where you're like, sorry, give me one second, and you rein it back in, and then you continue to talk, and it's like, just give me a moment, and you think that they're going to cut it out or something of the... Uh, We've all seen all of these shows <laughs> a million times. All of these shows. You know what it's, it's they talk, and then their lip moves in a weird way, yeah. and then the eyes go, and the water is there. Yeah, and their and voice then breaks. Their voice breaks. They're embarrassed about it. And it's a very hard thing to fake. They're trying to get a point across and they can't. And guess what? Again, all of this theory. There. Okay. Um, So, in his uh, interview for 2020, he calls people who would doubt Sherry's story subhuman. Okay. Um, He doesn't call her tackers anything. What? Yeah. That's amazing. But it's, um, he also said when he was on Good Morning America, he said, I understand people want the story, pictures, proof that this was not some sort of hoax, plan to get money or fabricate a race war. I do not what? see a purpose in addressing each preposterous lie. Yes. Who brought up race war he initially? Did. He did. No, no, no. This is him. And that's the thing that everybody was saying of just like, of all those other things, yes, 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 we get it. You don't have to address every lie. Yeah. You're right. What? Wait, why what? are we talking about a race war? What the fuck? On Good Morning Fucking America. They should have vetted the shit out of him. <laughs> so, okay. Now we're going back to this idea, which is a real fucking thing that happens in this country, sex trafficking. It's horrifying. It really happens. Totally. It's still kind of mysterious. Nobody really knows what it looks like, what it means. It's very like... Who would ha- nobody knows who it happens to, and it happens to people that don't... That it's not... Why, it's not aren't people... visible. Yeah, aren't visible. Yes. It's not... Yeah, so but, we're all like, it never happens because it happens to people who are it happens victims to, to begin with. Yes, that's right. Runaway kids. Yeah. But the thing that it, that's true is it usually happens to younger women. Mm-hmm. This woman is 30, sorry I said it, well, 32, people, 36. People who won't miss the victims or won't be believed when they said that, that there's a victim that's or that right. there's, it's a runaway, you know, people who are um, at risk. At risk, yeah, and under something something <laughs> so but the other thing is um she she one of her injuries that was reported is that she was burned um 
as if she it liked you know because as if she was branded for this sex trafficking but real sex trafficking is the branding is just a word that they use for it they tattoo them right they don't brand them like cattle because they want them to they want to sell these women they they don't want to ruin their their Okay. That, no, that's exactly you know what right. I mean? they, well, a they don't want to ruin their bodies. They don't want to cut their long, beautiful blonde hair. That's yes. a fucking selling point. Exactly. They don't want to beat them up and break their nose. No. Those are all selling points. Right. But also, the idea that someone wouldn't actually know the insider information right. that tattoos are how you brand, not with a brand. Like quote branding. It's like branding as a quote. Yes. What the. F- so, 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 we're just adding up holes. We're just mentioning things or the reason people are suspicious. Got it. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye so the other now we turn to her social media okay oh my god um I'm excited she had a wedding blog on which she claimed that she had never lived with a man, but she actually had been married and was divorced in 2007. Shit. Um, so people are citing this as just kind of times before. This isn't, she's been described as a super mom, as the best person in the world, as sweet, uh, you know, all American. There's this picture that's been painted of her mm-hmm. by him on the in these interviews. Mm-hmm. And so people are just trying to cite other things that maybe would contradict that. In- incons- Inconsistencies, exactly. And um, one of them is that, that this very blatant lie that she was basically trying to make it seem like she'd never been married before. Yeah, and it's like, well, why lie? It's not that that's a blight on your fucking personality that makes it that you should be kidnapped. It's, it's uh, well, it's, it's okay. Also, it's not the 1800s. So, yeah, you don't, but but this is long before. OK, um, so it's kind of like saying it's just kind of trying to show a thing that maybe this is a person who doesn't have a problem throwing up a lie. Yeah. Oh, but it could have been put up her or person. him. This is her. Okay. This was her wedding blog. OK. But then I will contradict that just in fairness to say Reading is a small town and there could be people that don't like her and are trying to defame her because she is in in this spotlight and Mm -hmm. she is in a bad place. And you know what? I want to say, like, I I was engaged before Vince and I got married. And at this point in my life, I'm like, 
he was really just a boyfriend. Like it was, you know, like you get married and you're like, this was stupid. We were young. It's like, it wasn't a real marriage. And you say it wasn't because it doesn't fucking matter. Sure. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. Yeah. Or you just, you get to write whatever you want on your wedding yeah. blog. There's yeah. plenty of ways to argue the other way. For sure. Now, there was a blog post written under her maiden name, which is Sherry Gra- Graff, um, on a skinhead website Uh-oh. in 2000. And seven, Uh-oh. and it was a story about her getting jumped by three Latino men Fuck. and five Latina women, and her fighting all of them off. And the whole thing was kind of about why can't she be proud of being white? Oh no! So this is where now. Here's the thing: her father says that someone else wrote it and is impo- in, it, being an imposter and trying to make her look bad. But I feel like the second you start saying the word skinheads, and that is part of thing. Now, this also is in this like northern central California. This is this is the area where stuff like this takes place. I yeah, mean, this is there is a, there probably is a big there's well, a huge Latina community there. It's actually Redding apparently is like ninety seven percent white. Holy shit! So. Now, I read that, though, I mean, that might not, not be exactly right, because yeah. I read that on in all of these posts that I was yeah, reading. That yeah. might not be exact. Yeah. There's definitely a big Latina community, because it's a f- most of these are farming communities. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I'm just saying what I'm reading. But this, Fuck. now on Reddit, there are all these people who claim to be from Reading and who went to high school with her. Oh, my God. So basically, I won't get into the... Now I realize I probably shouldn't get into the details of these stories because this is straight up slander. This is gossip. There's no way to prove that people went to high school with her. There's no way to prove... That she wrote that post... Actually, there's uh, I don't know if there's any way to prove that she wrote that post. Yeah. They, they can prove that someone with right. that name wrote that post yeah. at that time, but they can't prove it was her. Right. Fingers on the keys. Right. Exactly. All right. But the, but with, however, it 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 ties these two stories together. Yes, it just is. a Yes, exactly. OK, this this thing with the people that talk about her, nobody is is being um, malicious. Most of the people say, this This doesn't seem right, and here's what I know about this person, but I hope we find out the truth. Right. N- nobody is on there like, in yeah. any way, but, I mean, but also that's a good way to s- try to seem trustworthy, yeah. is to not be malicious. But most of the people said that in high school, she needed to be the center of attention, and she would sometimes pretend to have heart problems if other people were getting too much attention. What? And so one of the stories was they were camping and a girl had um, uh, hypothermia. She was stayed in the lake too long and Jesus. had hypothermia and they, as they were rushing her to the hospital, all of a sudden Sherry had heart palpitations and she now she had a problem too. It was like there's a couple stories like that where it's like kind of comes out of the blue in a very convenient way. Okay. Um, <clears throat> again, unproven. Yeah. Who knows who these people are that are writing this? Um, there was also a woman who was her, she wouldn't say what it was specifically. She just said, uh, in the beauty business. And she was just saying how one time, um, Sherry had an appointment. This just seems like gossip. Yeah. But this is basically like, it's times where people are just saying overreactions, big, big, 
big swings in yeah. behavior, weird shit yeah. that that no one can talk about because right. this person is a victim. Right. Um, who knows? It leads up to one that is a fact and one that is I, that I I'm kind of freaked out by. <gasps> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, it's the dif- disappearance of a girl named Tara Smith <gasps> on October 22nd, 1998. Then 16-year-old Tara Smith, a high school student in Redding, California, uh, left home to go jogging, only never to be seen, uh, uh, never to be seen again. Tara's father believes that a local man who was Tara's romantic interest may have been responsible for her disappearance. He said on the night of her disappearance, she had plans to meet with the then 29-year-old martial arts instructor, Troy Zink. Oh, no. To end their relationship, he was married. No. And had a child, if not two children. Um, And he had also served a year in jail for rape. Oh, my God. Please. Her father... children. Her father found an unmailed letter in her room after she disappeared that prompted his theories about Zinc. In the letter, she tells him she knows she'd made a huge mistake. She never should have gotten involved with him. Um, But this letter was never delivered. And rather than give him the letter... uh, we believe she wanted to confront him in person to break it off. Um, Zink told authorities that Tara had asked to meet him near her home. Uh, and then when they met, demanded $2,000 from him. He refused and she got angry. And then she asked him to drop her off at the corner of Old Alturas Road and Old no. Oregon Trail. No. Eight miles from where Sherry Pepini had been taken. That's a long mile. That's a lot of miles. <clears throat> uh he said he then went uh, to Hang Glider Hill to pray, and he returned home at 11.30 p.m. Tara's father went to his house after Tara didn't return. Tara, not Tara. Um, and Tara's father said, Zink is an avid four-wheeler guy. He knows the back roads. He had five and a half hours to get rid of the Fuck. evidence. He's been smart enough to keep his mouth shut. Um, the police have not been able to move ahead with the case. It's heartbreaking and very frustrating. The guy still lives in Reading. Almost 20 years have passed and he has gotten more comfortable, changed his name and thinks people have forgotten, but we haven't forgotten. Um, And while he was missing, while she, while Sherry was missing, um, her husband, Keith asked Tara Smith's father, Terry, for advice. Keith came to me and we spoke for about an hour. The father of the missing girl told the magazine, I just told him to stay strong for kids and not assume law enforcement has the answers and to push them. It was obvious Keith was torn up and I believe he was confident he'd get his wife back. Tara Smith was a schoolmate of Sherry Papini. Wait, they went to school together? They went to high school together. The two girls? Yep. The girl that disappeared went to high school with Sherry Papini. Fuck. Tell me more. That's it. That's it? It's basically... Holy shit. It's basically... The, there's there's no conclusion to be drawn from it except for that it's an exact parallel of the same story. So we don't know where they are. Okay, but one could argue that... I, I don't have any feelings against or for... Sherry, I just think that the husband sounds suspicious as fuck. I'm not vict. I, I don't. I, it sounds like she was a fucking victim. But whether it's of 
the crime that she that is claimed that she went through or this fucking husband who sounds like a piece of work I don't know uh, I think that this is one of those kinds of stories that anything could be possible yeah. like the thing everyone online keeps saying is it's a, go- a total gone girl situation yeah and in that I would say it's that you just don't we just don't know but the thing is it's to me it's what's interesting is law enforcement doesn't seem to be moving overtly forward with any kind of like with anything maybe they're maybe they are and they're just not being like super vocal about it the fact that they haven't warned the community to be on the lookout or to be careful or that this thing is happening this speaks volumes to me. Yeah. And, okay, so... Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is just, like, creepy. It's super creepy, and there's a lot... The thing that's interesting is there's a lot of stuff cropping up. Like, when I lived in Petaluma, we would hear gossip all the time about... Um, about Polly Class's family. Right. And because it was there was always someone that knew an insider that had something to tell that you where it's like thing. oh here's the gossip, here's the insider yeah. information. And that it's like urban legends where that kind of stuff people like to talk about it yeah. when especially when you don't know what the answer is. Yes. Theorizing about this and trying to put it together um, is very satisfying. Here's my thing. Okay, here's the major thing to me. What the thing that sounds more likely is not Two Hispanic women kidnapping a mother and wife off the fucking street and solely they're just not doing that. What's the the other well, and because also the husband said that she said um, they had they had their faces covered. Right. So how would you know they're Hispanic or have eyebrows that are a certain way? Well, I mean, we don't know how they were covered, but why would you walk up to two people in a car with their faces yeah. covered? The Hispanic women, it just sounds, it's one of those things where it's it just sounds, it's so insulting to Hispanic women and I fucking don't see it. And then there's this man who maybe has... The husband who maybe has ties to skinhead organizations and wants to fucking defame, deface. No, the husband doesn't. I know, but I don't know. The whole skinhead website thing says that's a lot her, to me. though. I know, but maybe it's him too. But that's before she knew him. I just, it sounds so much more likely that the husband who is trying to get a lot of fucking attention and saying really fucking incriminating weird shit and hiring people who uh, who skirt around law enforcement and has something to do with this is so much more likely than two fucking Hispanic women who have no fucking reason to, to kidnap this woman and didn't. Well, there's no ransom. Is, right, right. They there's let her no, go. There's no, there's no point. That's why everybody know, feels like it stinks. Yeah. That there's no point to it. It's not like the, the idea that they don't, she's not saying where she was in the meantime. There are no yeah. details yeah. about, there's absolutely no detail that she has given the police about where she was, what happened, what like they were saying somebody was saying what state was she in like were her nails cut yeah you know what what, what did her clothes look like were they the, the same clothes that she left in like all what of almost these sounds more likely to me is that these things happen to this woman these exact things she's saying it just was someone else and they scared her into saying that it was two hispanic women i disagree because the the list of injuries that she gives mm-hmm. 
a, no hospital would let you leave two hours after you arrive. Ooh. It doesn't make sense because if you have burns, yeah. that means you might have infection. Yeah. You have to get you. If you've been starved, that means you are dehydrated. dehydrated. Right. So they have to rehydrate you. They need to put antibiotics into you. And also you're in shock. You've just had this terrible thing happen They're to gonna you. They're going to do a rape kit, which takes hours and hours. Right. Unle- I mean, unless there's no word about that whatsoever. Yeah. There's absolutely no word about that. But they're not going to it's it doesn't make sense that a ho- no hospital would let somebody just walk out like look no. I'm fine after the list of like how badly she was ha- beaten the, and injured the, the the victim to me in this and I, the thing I want to protect is that is the two Hispanic women narrative I just don't think that's fucking fair to I and especially with the skinhead tie it pisses me off that she would that that that, that would be the narrative and then I'll just remind that the skinhead tie could be some right. weird red herring right. just just to say it who knows what that is because I mean, anyone can write her name you know who knows what that was fuck man it's it's such a but as you dig into the story you know it goes into like um when I was in that stuff where it's like oh people that went to high school with her said she was this said she was yeah. that but then I'm like this is gossip it's this is all gossip this is shitty gossip what would people say about me if you know if, oh my if God. it was me in the same situation the shit that people say about us would be it would be upsetting but to come back around to the parallel story of a girl she went to high school with that actually totally. did disappear and this is the other thing I will read that someone um Someone did say on Reddit that I actually really liked. Um, Someone said, I actually work with human trafficking victims now, and it really pisses me off that the whole world is freaking out over this one woman. Mm -hmm. Yet there are thousands of girls that go missing and are sold into sex trafficking every year right here in the U.S., and they aren't even in the news. I really, really hope that they figure all this out and the truth comes out whatever it is. Fuck, man. A fucking man. I mean, yeah. Shit. If it br- if it brings light to the fact that sex trafficking actually does happen, that'll be great. But I feel like there's a lot of people who are like armchair detectives, like you and me, who see who smell a rat, yeah, and go, "There's more to this story," and they're not talking, yeah. And and also, oh, the last thing is, they started a GoFundMe. Um, somebody else started a GoFundMe and in seven days they made $40,000. For the family? Uh-huh. <sighs> Something fucking smells fishy. I mean, and it's in the, it's in his sister's name. This man, this, this dude. Like, I'm not even looking at her. This fucking dude. Well, we have This dude is saying enough himself to be incriminated. Nothing to do with her. She, she might have... She might have been a fucking pawn in his game and or vice versa. <gasps> or a third choice or that we don't choice. know. It's just so fascinating because when these things get presented on the news, I think back to like the I saw this just briefly in passing. Yeah. And it was her blonde hair and big smile and this mother is missing and everybody's talking about it across the nation and then it basically is like okay um here's the story and then the end and everyone's like well wait a second we need to make sure that we fucking update as as much as we get as as soon as we get information about this we need to update it because this is one of those things that like you never hear about again and it's like oh well they all went to fucking prison um also the international 
um, kidnapping expert is that part in the middle. Oh my God. Someone said this on Reddit, but it's like, this is, this is basically a Coen brothers movie. It's like these characters. John Goodman. I mean, it doesn't, it's like somebody coming in and being like, I, I am uh, uh, on behalf of an, an anonymous donor. Right. I am here to say you can come to me and you don't have yeah. to go to the cops, which the cops up there must have lost their fucking shit. Yeah. I, I have a degree in international kidnapping, kidnapping. things. I am, uh, my major was Liam Neesoning. Karen, that's our new fucking title. For Listen, if anyone gets kidnapped and you need someone to fucking intervene on your behalf, <laughs> Karen Don't go and to Georgia, him. No, no, no. Come right here. Karen and Georgia, my favorite murder. Like, we are on this with fucking wild speculation, we're, personal experiences. There's going to be a lot of, we're mad at you for saying this, that, yeah. and the other thing. But Do I think not this, misspeak? This story, I think we've cleared it at, at every level, but this story is fascinating. You can't deny. Dude, amazing. There's something else going on, and it's fascinating. Motherfuckers. Everyone's a motherfucker. What is fucking wrong with people? Just, like, live your fucking life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really angry at people. It's just like, can we not have a fucking moment? <laughs> like, not being total pieces of shit? Can't it just be Christmas? Can't it be fucking seize candy and fucking <laughs> true crime fucking playing cards? cards? And Elvis and fucking meme? Like, can we please? Oh, I hate it. The answer that you get served up every week is no. 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 Answer is nine. No. No moments. Nine. Uh, well, speaking of moments, anything good happened to you this week? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. I always forget. I always forget. Okay. Um, What's your... Really think it through. All right. Well, this, uh, I think every week it's going to be nephew for me because oh, we had our cheating. family. I know, right? <laughs> but I have a specific one. We had our family Hanukkah party last night, and my nephew, who's one, and my other nephew, who's six, we like, I like made them all play a game to get. We all played a game, yeah. and it was like because I didn't want my six-year-old nephew to feel left out, and I want my one-year-old nephew to, like, have memories of my six-year-old nephew, and, like, so I fucking anti-fucking Georgia, like, totally killed it. What game? Just scare the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Did the baby like it? The baby loved scare the baby. Yeah, of course. It was great. It was great. That's good. Yeah, it was just, like, made, me, made my heart feel good. I had kind of a magical moment. Which was, I was turning to get onto the, fr the 101 freeway, and as I passed the mobile gas station, um, which is right... On Coanga there? Right there. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, there were three men doing their nightly... Um, what is it? Tai prayers? Chi? Oh. There were there were three men oh. facing east. Oh my god! And doing their nightly Islamic prayers. prayers. That's gorgeous. And it was they were doing it because they it was just basically the furthest corner away from the gas pumps right. that they could and be. And you have to be at the certain time. You have to stop wherever you are and do the prayers. Right. And and it was it was the furthest corner and it was like kind of around the corner so it wasn't like people could see them or whatever. Yeah. But they were also doing it in front of the mobile symbol. So it was lit up for mm -hmm. me as I turned to look at it. It was lit up 
in front of that symbol, like a movie. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. What a beautiful moment to remind you that there's more than just this traffic and this and driving. And there is at that moment, someone is having a spiritual connection yes. with the universe that has nothing to do with your surroundings and their surroundings. They're taking so some more. time out to yeah. do that and also that this is fucking America yeah that that's what we're supposed to be able to see in America yep that that's what you should want to see and that's a great thing to see and thank God we live in a city Los Angeles that doesn't interfere with that yeah that su- that supports that and and is open is to that good and, with that and it's fine with that yeah yeah I, love I that. felt very grateful that's fucking gorgeous that's a cool one and I played scare the baby <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile I'm scaring the shit out of my one year old nephew <laughs> Um, uh, if you go to iTunes and you can, you can, um, rate, review and subscribe us and it, you know, it's great. It helps us, but but fuck man. Thank you guys. Thanks you guys. iTunes, uh, my fave murder, Instagram, my favorite. I don't know. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks to Stephen Ray Morris of the Percast for fucking being our audio engineer. And good gifts. You guys are amazing. Thank you for listening. Elvis, you want to? Wait, you want to... Oh, wait, Merry Christmas and ha- and Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Elvis, you want a cookie? Want a cookie? All right, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.